Welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews you can read there. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to let you know that I do a different podcast. It covers brand new movies out in theaters. It is called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Search for it wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. Today we're going to end a three-part series looking at films of the 1980s in which a romance novelist features in one of the main characters. The last two movies happen to be Romancing the Stone and its sequel, and that was starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, and Danny DeVito. This week, I could have continued with The War of the Roses and just made it a trilogy of films starring those particular three actors, but I'm going to go off to a film that was actually released at the very same week as the third film in which those three actors got together The War of the Roses came out the same week as this film called She-Devil in 1989. It stars Roseanne Barr and Meryl Streep. Ed Begley Jr. gets a sizable supporting role here. The director of the film is Susan Seidelman and the screenplay credited to Barry Strugatz and Mark R. Burns. It's a PG-13 film. It does have sexuality, some violence, and language. The runtime is an hour and 39 minutes. Now, Roseanne Barr here, she's starring as a woman named Ruth Pratchett. She's a devoted wife to her accountant husband named Bob, played by Ed Begley Jr. She is also mother to two precocious children. And one day, while Bob and Ruth are attending a swank party, Bob meets and then eventually has a fling with a best-selling romance novelist named Mary Fisher, played by Meryl Streep. While the two do their best to keep things under wraps, Ruth ends up knowing better. The marriage, though, ends up falling apart. Ruth ends up vowing revenge and sets about destroying all of the things that good old Bob and his mistress hold dear. His home, his family, his career, and his freedom. There's more to the story than that, but that's the basic premise. It's an interesting cast. Pretty funny premise at that. It's loosely derived from the first half of Faye Weldon's 1983 novel called The Life and Loves of a She-Devil. And now that novel had been adapted already just three years before into a much more faithful BBC miniseries. This one went into production with Seidelman not even having seen that particular miniseries. Now Weldon, the original author of the novel, had also received interest from John Huston for a film adaptation, but she ended up siding with Seidelman because Seidelman seemed to have more of a personal connection with the work, at least when she was talking with her. It's kind of ironic that Weldon would grow to hate the movie that Seidelman ended up making, especially in the way that she turns her novel into kind of a screwball comedy. This would seem like a can't-miss comedy altogether for American audiences and maybe some parts of the world, we watch popular TV star at that time, Roseanne, in a role that would allow her to cut loose as a comedic actress. However, the comedic juice in this film runs out surprisingly early. We watch these characters run through very predictable motions, and eventually the noise and the mayhem run rampant without any of the necessary laughs to go along with them. 
Now, this would prove to be the first fully comedic performance for Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep had been feeling burnt out and all of the heavy dramas she had been doing throughout the 1980s and had been actively looking for a full-on comedy to sink her teeth into. And that would also help her get rid of this bugaboo that had been plaguing her in terms of whether she could perform in a comedic role. People knew that she was a great dramatic actress, but they questioned whether she had the comedic chops to really be a full-on, full-plate actress. Seidelman shared the same agent as Meryl Streep, so when he received this screenplay from Seidelman, knowing that Meryl was looking to stretch her repertoire into comedy, he ended up handing Meryl Streep the script. Now, the screenplay did not come with a designation as to which role Streep would be considered for, but Meryl Streep ended up reading it, and then she came back expressing keen interest in the Mary Fisher role. Seidelman, who had given her agent the script, had envisioned that Streep might be interested in playing the lead role of Ruth, but she was delightfully surprised that she ended up wanting to play the Mary Fisher role, the smaller role. Streep rationalized that the Ruth role was somewhat similar in tone to one she had just made called A Cry in the Dark, which was also called Evil Angels in Australia and New Zealand. She had made that just the year before. She didn't want to get into comparisons by trying to play that same role somewhat comedically. However, as Streep is pretty much a heavyweight in terms of screen presence and acting ability, Seidelman now had the difficult role of finding an adequate counterbalance, feeling that the role of Ruth would now need someone even more audacious than what Streep was going to bring to it. Ultimately, she ended up making an offer to a stand-up comedian and TV star Roseanne Barr to take on her very first film role. And still, for all of the interest and balance, Barr and Streep only share one fully interactive scene together. They share a little bit of screen time sometime later, but not a lot, and that would lead to some viewers feeling disappointed that what should be an odd couple rivalry wouldn't get as down and nasty between the two actresses as they had been anticipating from what you would see on the posters and some of the advertisements. And while many were expecting a huge catfight toward the end of this film, Seidemann took a different approach. She took one that Ruth's revenge would be much more laser-focused on ruining her husband's life and not any of the women that he has an affair with. She becomes a champion to disenfranchised women, many of whom are overlooked because they do not conform to men's notions of beauty. She's creating this feminist narrative that women need to fight against this patriarchal looks-first system that's been holding them down and not to fight with each other. Now, part of the problem of the casting here is of Roseanne Barr specifically, because Roseanne does not appear to have the screen presence or the comic charisma to truly take hold of this movie and run with it the way that Meryl Streep ends up doing in her scenes. This lets comic turns by Begley in a role that was first offered to other actors, Jeff Daniels and Jeff Bridges are trotted out there as at least a couple of them, and Streep, and just about everybody else in the supporting cast to try to carry the load of getting some laughs. Roseanne Barr's role here seems to be a little bit more straight than what everybody else is playing, although the script doesn't exactly give them a lot of good comedic material to work with. It's really performance that ends up being the bulk of the comedic aspects of their roles. Meryl Streep, for her role, she would receive a Golden Globe nomination for her surprisingly robust comic performance here. It's kind of a shame here that it mostly went to waste in such a misfire. Now, She Devil as a film, despite two famous lead actresses to help promote it, would prove to be a misfire also at the box office in addition to critically. It only took in about $15 million on a budget that just exceeded that, reportedly somewhere between $16 and $25 million reported. 
It was released, as I mentioned, the same week as another black comedy, The War of the Roses. So that really meant that they were competing with a lot of dollars. Another battle of the sexist movie. That did not help. You know, War of the Roses would end up stealing all of the thunder and headlines in the promotion leading up to the release. And then there were bad critical ratings that further sunk She-Devil to staying in the top 10 only on its initial week of release. It ended up debuting at number four and then just fell quickly out. Although there are some people who've come to like She-Devil over the years. It's got a bit of a cult following. But then again, I can say that just about for any film that's released in the 1980s. It really has not been elevated in status for most critics since its release. In fact, just in October of 2018, Newsweek put out an article that ranked all of the Meryl Streep films from the best to the worst. It puts She-Devil at the worst, number 52 out of 52 films listed. Ouch for She-Devil. Feminist leanings in the material could have provided a strong backbone to build a satire around, but Susan Seidelman does direct this film as if it were a broad farce. So whatever intelligence it might have had gets sucked out for cheap confrontations that evoke a few chuckles, but not much more than that. It champions the cause of the unattractive and the unloved. That should have made Ruth a natural heroine. And yet, it's not easy to sympathize with such a character so obviously artificial in some of the broadest of ways. The crazed antics shoot for the moon, but She-Devil never manages to get off the ground. And so I'm giving She-Devil... Two stars out of four. Two stars on my scale means that it's lacking something vital that would keep it from being a film that I could wholeheartedly recommend to most people. And that thing that it's lacking, I think, is just really good laughs, good cast chemistry. It doesn't get into a defined groove for very long. There are some funny lines in the film. You have Streep's inspired performance here. It'll generate a few laughs, but for the most part, it's a film that feels like it's stuck in first gear and doesn't get going most of the time, so I can't quite recommend She-Devil as a movie worth going out of your way to see. So two stars out of four for She-Devil. And that ends my look into the romance novelist films of the 1980s. I'm sure there are a few others out there that I may be missing, but we can find other categories and other times to get into those. As far as what the next film I'm going to be reviewing, I'm going to be covering a trilogy of films. I'll get into what that trilogy is next week. But it does connect with this film somewhat because Susan Seidelman also directs that film. I'm going to go to 1985 for probably Susan Seidelman's most well-known of films. It's called Desperately Seeking Susan. It stars Rosanna Arquette as well as the debut on the big screen of Madonna. So that'll be next week. From 1985, Desperately Seeking Susan. So check that out before I get to the review and you'll be able to follow along with me. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you do, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews as they come out. If you want to contact me, you can find my contact information at my website as well as links to any place else you'll find me online at my website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Until next time, thanks everyone for joining me on this trip around the world in 80s You're the devil in disguise Oh yes you are Devil in disguise Oh yes you are Devil in disguise Oh yes you are Devil in disguise Oh yes you 